Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of Conscious Convos. I am Mohammed and it's nice to be here again. In this episode, I have a conversation with Lena. Lena's going to be my co-host for the podcast. She's an old friend of mine who I've known for over 14 years. And in this episode, Lena uh, tells us her story on how she got interested in spiritual evolution and spiritual growth. Um, Even though I've known Lena for a very long time, I hadn't heard the story before, so it was also interesting for me. Um, I also give some background about my story. I share more details than I shared in the first episode, so... I hope that uh, you enjoy this uh, episode, and as usual, if you like the content, please um, don't forget to subscribe, uh, follow, share with your friends, and keep checking for, for updates. Without further ado, episode two. I think we so we're recording now all right so good to see you uh, Lena you too all right so I mean we were already talking before the the recording of the session um you know but let me just kind of reiterate that uh Lena you know you're a friend of mine since 2008 um I think it was 2008 we met in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia 2008? I would have thought before then. Was it after I returned from the States? Oh, yeah, it was. I, I think it was 2008. Okay. Um, or, or, or 2007, max. Yeah, either 07 or 08. I think 2008, if we're in between these two years, then definitely 2008, because 2007 mm-hmm. I was in the US. So You were yeah. still in the US. Okay. So I've known you since then. Now it's 2022. I've known you for 14 years. And uh, I feel like every time we meet up, we always um, talk about, you know, we talk about everything, but then somehow the conversation always drifts into spirituality, uh, different insights that we've been having. And, and over the years, it keeps like progressing, like the new insights, it's, it 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 gets more and more advanced, which which is a cool thing. Um, but I never actually asked you, like, when did all this get started? When you know, because you we you know, all of us were children at some point, and when we were kids, we you know we we don't think much about these things. Maybe some of us do, mm-hmm. um, but when did it become clear to you that? you know you've become interested in this part of life let's say it was actually um i would say around the time we met around the time we met uh, okay i kind of understood more about that world however um the notion of something that's out there that's bigger than us something that's beyond uh, just this body that we live in has always been there with me like as far as i remember as a child 
um, mm. it's always this feeling has always been there that I okay. am not only this body. There's something that is right. much bigger than that. But I mean, you. But, I mean, you. You and I both grew up in Saudi Arabia. You grew up in Saudi Arabia, right, yeah. as well, and you've had the the typical. Um, education of Saudi Arabia, which was uh, there's a lot of focus on on religion in the classes, yeah. and both of us in in class we were already taught that there is something beyond, right? We were it, we grew up already being taught that there there's a God and there's a light and there's a world that we don't see, right? So. In some of us, this was already ingrained. We didn't have to look for it. And um, I mean, I know many people that became skeptical uh, after that or just rejected the whole uh, notion later on in life. Um, but did this have any impact on your views today or did you reach your uh, views of today just from your own research, reading, thinking, etc.? I mean, every phase in life, at least is how I would perceive it, every phase that we go through kind of feeds is a very important base for the next phase that unfolds. Uh, mm. I find them to all be connected. And the reason why I am where I am today is because of all of the past events that happened in, in my life. So growing mm. up in that environment was, was, was very um, important, was part of the understanding that I am in um, today. But just to add to that layer, growing up back in the 90s and the 80s and uh, Saudi, mm. where, because um, it is a very different place right now, but back in the days, that kind of influence was extremely loud. Um, yeah. Sure yeah. You can relate to that uh, quite much. Mm. <clears throat> but, um, Adding to that layer, I don't know if you know this, I grew up in a, um, in a Sufi, within a Sufi group. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think you might have told me, but I yeah. don't know much of the, uh, really about the details. So it was a female-led group. They call them actually Al-Qubaysiyat. I don't know if you've ever heard of them because... I have. They come I have, from yeah. Syria and ah, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know a little bit about them, but... So okay, so I, what were they doing? What, what was it like? So it was... The focus wanted to be around spiritualities. But mm. I would say just like any, um, anything else in life, it really got deviated from that. And it okay. a very exterior shell. Okay. So it was a very another box that I was in pretty much. Right. So I was okay. inside a box of a box of a box. Right. So many boxes that I was in and all were different forms of religion, okay. but they were just okay. very exterior layers. Right. And so to uh, those, just not to, no, I, sorry for, mm -hmm. for interrupting you. I mean, to those that don't know what we're talking about, um, you grew up in a Sufi kind of environment. Sufism for those that don't, I'm sure, I mean, every, anyone listening, probably knows but it is the is the uh, it is the more mystical uh side of uh islamic teachings that focuses more on uh purification of the heart and you know being focusing more on the essence of 
of religion rather than the, the exterior. But um, I mean, what's ironic is that you grew up in one of those, surrounded by one of those groups that they themselves turned into, again, just a group that lost the, the, the meaning again of what it means to be a Sufi and it became just an exterior shell of it. Yeah, right? pretty much, pretty much. Like, uh, for okay. example, I wore the hijab at a very young age, at the age of nine. Oh, and, okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, All right. I was very young when that happened. And it wasn't strange back in the days because, um, I mean, when it came to that first bubble, which is my surrounding, the household that I grew up in, and then my mom's friends and which we saw on a regular basis, everyone looked the same. But then out of that bubble going to school, that was a bit strange, although it was a religious okay. country, but it wasn't in that sense. So I yeah, felt- Yeah, nine is like very was, young, right? Nine is considered nine very young, young to wear, and even in Saudi, I mean, again, if, if anyone's watching this or listening to this, that is not from the, the Arab world, hijab is basically the headscarves. The headscarf that women wear and you started to wear it at nine was that something someone told you to do or so it you was felt like it was the right thing to do at the time no actually it was uh during one of our visits to the uh, to syria where the the actual group comes from and yeah. over there they had a ceremony and they felt like it was time for me to actually put it on and oh. although they, they did ask me and I just wanted to look like the rest. So I, I had agreed then. Um, so mm. and it wasn't actually it, it. It bothered me a little bit when I had when I came back uh, from that right. trip. And then there I am playing with my cousins who are boys. But now I'm mm -hmm. wearing hijab playing with them. So that wasn't very convenient. OK. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so there were so many boxes, so many boxes growing up. Okay. And uh, I wouldn't say that I, I did not know any other world other than that. So um, yeah, to me, it was just the normal life. Um, so, so you wore it till what age? And so what happened is that, um, I conformed basically pretty much to being part of the group and um, I'd not really have any other option, but it wasn't until I think that was maybe in 99 or 2001 where their activity had to come to a stop and it was sudden for many mm. reasons, but mostly political. And so they suddenly had to disappear from my life. Right. And this is when I started questioning everything, everything. Okay. That okay. Me actually, into a rebel. Okay. And uh, there was a lot of anger, a lot of questioning, a lot of confusion. Uh, suddenly, mm. the life that I knew, you know, with them uh, always occupying it, it was very different. Right. And uh, this is when I went to the other extreme and I started. Okay. Basically, yeah. And uh, there was just a completely different phase in my life. That was in the States? Yeah. That was when you went no, to the I was, States? No, or no, no. That I was, was before you went. I was still in Saudi, but then okay. 
what happened had pushed me to basically do everything possible to try and get out of my house, the country, seeking freedom. Mm. Um, and so I chose nursing as a profession and then I based my profession uh, in, into the academic side so I can grant a scholarship and be able to basically travel. And that's exactly what happened. Right. And so I went to the States end of 2000 and beginning of 2007. Um, and yeah, that was uh, my way out. And uh, right. yeah, and it was okay. quite ironic because um, mm. I lived in the States for a year and a half and like what I wanted out of this trip is freedom, thinking that freedom Mm. would be in you know just having my own car having my own place and mm. no one question uh why am i coming late or where i'm going none right. of that you know mm. and uh only to realize that i actually was in another box mm. this is when it really hit me it was uh, understanding that yeah you es escaped all of that wanting freedom but here you are actually jailed in another box so there was no difference just the characters the place the geographical location looked different but then the feeling was exactly the same I felt trapped mm -hmm. and uh, it wasn't until I uh, through a friend that I met my spiritual teachers in the states and this is when I understood the true meaning of freedom. So it was through them. This is when I was introduced to meditation. And although- Oh, that early, okay. 2007, yeah. 2007, I probably did had no idea what meditation was maybe at the time, or maybe I did, but probably not. Not, not the way I understand it today, no. I don't think I knew about it back then. Yeah, so, well, when, okay. when, I, when I was introduced, it was, I mean, it was an extremely powerful encounter, very powerful experience. Mm. Uh, but of course, you start the journey there and then things unfold into different dimensions afterwards. But the interesting part is I did not last in the States for a long time. So 2008, mm. I had to return back again to square right. one. And it mm. felt like almost the theme was in my life that whenever I find... Um, the physical kind of uh, the exterior answer to to what I'm looking for life always manages to remove me from that place or does something to it to to basically loudly tell me that no that's not your answer it's the essence mm -hmm. of it but it's not you cannot connect it to a group or to a human being or to, to any of that mm -hmm. so I returned back to Saudi this is uh, around the time we met yeah yeah. And uh, what I remember very clearly is that I was, again, very sad and angry and disappointed. But then I mm -hmm. carried on with my practice very, mm -hmm. like, I was very strict about it. And I will never forget the, one of the highest experiences that I ever had in meditations was actually in my bedroom on that same rug, you know, the one that I wanted to escape from. I was back again to square one, experiencing the highest moments that I've ever had over there. Do, do you remember the, the Alchemist, the story, the novel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of it course. Was very much, it was yeah, very much yeah. like that. You know, seeking the treasure and going, 
you know, uh, to the other side of the world, only to realize that the treasure was actually exactly where you left it, where you were. That's cool. That's so interesting. Yeah. But what was, yeah. but what, what was the experience exactly? I mean, when you say the highest. It was uh, during one of my uh, meditations. Um, I honestly, I don't know if I can articulate it in words, Muhammad, but I can tell you the after effect of it. Uh, you were you were alone, right? I mean, you were alone, and um, it, it it wasn't. It was one of those um, recorded, or you were you were listening to a guided meditation, no, or you're no, just you're, no, I you're was doing just, your own practice. I, what I would usually do is do my prayers, the, the mm -hmm. actual Muslim prayers, and then after every prayer, I would just sit in silence. Sometimes listen mm -hmm. to music, um, and basically just close my eyes and uh, and go into mm -hmm. like deep silence and stillness okay um but what happened is i don't know i i experienced um an unconditioned joy that just i felt it so very strongly in my heart the the only way that i can describe it is as if my heart suddenly developed some sort of taste buds and there was honey in my heart Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I was mm -hmm. not interested, like everything just suddenly disappeared. Like I was not, I was not fixated on anything, who I was, mm. what I did, what was going to happen. Mm. I was just very much just trapped in that mm. feeling for a while after. I remember okay. even like uh, going to work, people used to tell me that I looked very different. There was just something. The next day or, or every day after that? It, it lasted, I would say, for at least like five or six days where I was just okay. completely trapped in that wow. um, dimension. But did, did, that, uh, did you experience that feeling again since it happened or was that just a one-time thing? Not as intensely, honestly. Mm. Not with the same intensity, no. I haven't. Right, 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 right. But uh, right, and and I, and I'm sure, or I would assume that you've been trying to replicate it, or you've tried to replicate it, or not. Because they say not, you shouldn't. You shouldn't chase a feeling, right? That's yeah, what, exactly. It's if almost you do, it that won't way. happen. Yeah, it was like, it was a symptom to something. It was the effect mm. of something. So, mm. um, but just having a taste of that uh, brought mm -hmm. me a lot of understanding it just showed me another dimension that actually exists that is not tied to any kind of circumstances or or um, any kind of milestones that one ha has to achieve in fact what happened is that everything suddenly collapsed and nothing mattered and then there was just this very deep sense of joy and peace that was mm. not tied to any exterior factors so right. just knowing that and uh, uh, having had uh, experience that um, mm. showed me that this, this dimension does exist. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think that was around the time when I met you. And um, at the time, I think what happened was I was, I was um, reading or studying something called EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, which is a kind of energy, a type of energy healing therapy. 
um and you know I, I had just discovered it and i was you know very excited about it because i was trying it on myself and i was telling everyone about it most people thought that i was crazy at the time when i would show them how it worked because it because random for, tapping, you know or... yeah there's a lot of tapping you know on on the face and on different uh, areas of the body and when i would explain it talk about energy you know people wouldn't take it very seriously at the time but when i talked to you about it like you were very, you were very curious and, and you were very open-minded about it. And I, I think we were, we tried it on something. I think it was like fear of spiders or something like that. Lizard. I remember. And we tried to, yeah, we tried to remove a fear of spiders that you had. And Lizard. we had a very Lizard. short session, yeah. but I remember that, you know, it, you were, you were very open-minded about it. And I think that that was one of the things that, you know, made me feel that, okay, Lina is more open-minded about uh, these things that other people find strange. Um, the world back then was not as open as it is today on these okay. things. Today, today yeah. if I talk about energy to, to, to energy healing to somebody, they wouldn't think it's a weird concept like now in 2022. Have a lot to say about it already. You know, everyone, yeah. it seems like the whole world is moving towards that direction. It's crazy. Exactly. I wouldn't have thought it would go that fast. We're talking exactly. about what, like 15 years? Yeah, 15, 15 14 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, at that time, like it was, you know, completely ridiculous to, to you know, in, in their minds. Yeah. Um, but you know, your, your, uh, your stories ha has some overlapping with mine, but also a little bit different. And I, I talked a little bit in the introduction of the podcast, the first episode, but I didn't go much, you know, a lot into details, but, um, the, the Sufi part was also, uh, a theme in my life mm. as well from 2003 to 2006, um, so that was after you got out of it and that was, yeah. So that was during my, um, the end of my university years. And that was probably one of the reasons why I stayed longer in university because I forgot about studying and I started to, um, go deeper into these, uh, Sufi circles that would, uh, meet in mosques and do very specific prayers and specific chants you know in arabic it's called zikr uh, you know i'm sure maybe some people are, are aware and that you know in terms of the sense of peace that i had it was something that is still unmatched till till today mm -hmm. e even though some of the things they did in hindsight you know, seems a bit strange when I look at it now, but I, when I was in it, there was definitely a profound s sense of peace that is incredible at the time. And that was, that was 2004, 2005. And what got you? I remember, like how, how did you connect with them? Oh, that's, that's okay. So I was, I was studying in, in Lebanon, in university in Beirut. Oh, that was in Lebanon. Okay. That, that was in Lebanon. And I was just, you know, enjoying my life in Beirut, uh, living a typical um, university uh, partying lifestyle um, until I started to uh, 
you know, do really bad uh, in my with with my grades mm -hmm. to the point where I was gonna get kicked out of university, and um, that was when uh, a sense of like guilt really came over me just thinking about how much money my parents had spent on my tuition and all of that so i was like what am i doing with my life i have to fix my life and um i just left i stopped everything bad bad in between you know brackets bad that i considered bad at the time um and um i i did what i knew uh, at the time which was just to pray uh you know i started to pray to god and and just the way that i had learned in school right um and and i was doing that alone but then i when i started to go to mosques i i guess a group of people noticed me and i had no idea who they were but one of them called me and he said yeah, you want to join us upstairs and i'm like what's upstairs you know i i'm in a mosque i had I never knew there was an upstairs or a secret room. And um, I did go upstairs later on. And uh, just, I mean, long story short, I found myself um, in the after hours, um, after all the prayers that, you know, the general public attend. It was uh, dark in terms of lights, like the lights were off. And there was a guy in the middle that was, you know, the same guy that leads the prayer but it's like a different personality that he had and um the, the lights were off everybody was very quiet and his tone of voice was very different and i was just like what is going on here it was it was a little bit creepy but at the same time i mean i felt like it was creepy at the time but it was also a little bit i was fascinated by like and curious like what's going on but I just followed whatever he was, whatever he was doing in terms of, you know, the chants that that he was telling us to say. And it is a type of group group meditation when you mm -hmm. think about it. It's yeah. it is a group meditation because right. what is meditation at the end of the day is when you focus your mind on just one thing, True. Um, and and in a way that clears away all the other thoughts, right? And I think when when it's done in a group, somehow everyone else. If, you know, it, it 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 all gets combined, and there's a kind of energy that everyone starts to become on the same yeah. on the same same frequency, and um, so that feeling I got was just something I never felt before my whole life. I was I think I was 24, 23, 24 um, at the time, and I started to go more often. I met a guy who, who we became close friends. He was a Turkish guy and he started talking to me about energy. And he said, you know, everything is made up of energy. And this is 2004, 2005. He's like, everything's made up of energy. When my He's like, when my hand moves like this, these movements that we do in prayer, it's all about energy. And I'm like, one part of me is like saying, what on earth is this guy talking about? And another part, was believing it it's like you know i've never heard this before but it, i believe it for some reason um but anyways those years were over i graduated university i went back well, to saudi arabia since you joined them like how many years were you with them three, three years okay 
three 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 years um and in these three years you know i just got like deeper and deeper and uh but at the same time i managed to study because i i had got rid of all the the, the other bad habits i graduated so then I went back to Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia, these things are not very acceptable over there. And I got into the corporate world immediately. So it, like going from that straight to the corporate world, um, which I knew nothing about. And I, you know, suddenly I was nine hours a day at work and suddenly disconnected from all of that. And I started to drift out of it, but the the essence of it and you know once your mind expands and understands something nothing else is going to make it contract back to where it was before right so even though i disconnected from it i was more focused on on my work um i was back to just living a normal life the the expansion that happened was still there and then at that time, I'm sure you remember the movie, The Secret came out about the law of attraction. And that was something everybody was watching, right? And I remember seeing that there were like two group, two types of people. One type that completely rejected the movie, like, you know, this is just BS, nonsense, uh, this, you know, it can be that you just think of something and it ha and you attract it. To, what does that even mean? And there, then there was another. You know, uh, the other extreme, I guess, was those that believed it blindly. Um, now I watched it, and part of me believed it, and part of me was was skeptical because I I have this um, spiritual, let's say or intuitive uh, understanding of life, but I also have a logical brain because of my studies being in the corporate world. So I, I, I needed to, to, I needed my brain to also be convinced that this is something that actually works. And um, I, I think I, you know, I had already believed in prayer. Like I already believe that, okay, if you pray something and you believe that your prayer is going to get answered, uh, the thing will happen most likely will. And I was, I, I believed in that based on experience. So I thought, what if this law of attraction is just another form of prayer, but they're not really talking about uh they don't mention god right in the in the movie they just say the universe brings you what you want but the way i connected the two i thought okay maybe god created the universe in a way that if you focus on something whether through prayer or through meditation or through concentration um while also taking the actions that you need to take because it's not that that you just close your eyes and envision something and then it's going to happen you know the universe was also created with physical laws as well so you have to take action so that was also what i learned in in school so all of that fit together so i was that was the first time i started to match you know two pieces of a puzzle together that okay law of attraction 
is a concept that is coming from a movie made by an American director. And I managed to make sense out of it using beliefs that came from my faith that, you know, that I already had. And, um, and then it made sense to me. Then I thought, okay, this is how the law of attraction works. Not exactly how they explain it in the movie, but this is how it works. And that became, I think, the first time when I started to see the world differently, that thoughts and feelings have an, an immediate impact on reality. Right. And, you got and into since that then it's been that way. Physics, uh, world. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, I just kept reading about it, connecting yeah. other things together, uh, other pieces of it. But, you know, that became my 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 worldview, um, which became more and more and more um, strange uh, to, you know, to some people, but um, uh, more convinced that this is, you know, that, that the the world is not a material place yeah. and like you said you mentioned quantum physics because quantum physics confirms that um whatever looks like matter if you go down to the quantum level there's just space there's barely anything there there's energy um the material things that we see are like less than one percent of what's actually going on so that's how you know that's how i got into this um and you know, starting to started to meet people uh, that are like-minded, talking to people that had similar experiences, reading different books from, whether it's from um, like translated Far Eastern teachings, or um, the New Age stuff that came from the West, or more Sufi books, or whatever it was. You know, every there, there was no contradiction. Like there was barely any contradiction between anything. And I was like, everything, everybody is reaching the same conclusion through different paths, but they're all reaching the same thing. So it must be true, you know? And these people don't know each other. They grew up in different environments with different backgrounds and they're all reaching the same conclusion, conclusion about life and about reality. And it made me more of you know, more convinced that, yeah, there's much more to life than, you know, wake up and go to work and make money, eat, drink, um, have fun, sleep until you're, you're whatever, and then you die and, and, and that's it, yeah. you know? So that's in a nutshell, my, 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 my story. Fascinating. Yeah. I, I don't know if I, did we ever talk about this before? We actually never did. Oh, we never. Yeah, okay, that, well, that's the like cool thing about this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting so, how we have like the Sufi uh, background uh, in common. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure that the two experiences were very different. Probably you yeah. got a piece of the essence more than the um, the experience that I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and you know that's the reason why um, I decided to have this podcast because. Um, you know, conversations like this, it's its just really nice to have. And then, you know, other people can listen to it. We can bring, you know, other other people. We both know 
other people who went through similar things or different things, but they've reached the same conclusions somehow, or or maybe even different ones. Who knows? We'll okay. see. And um, yeah, and you know, when I thought of uh, starting this podcast, I was gonna start it alone first. I was like, you know, I never thought of having a, a co-host, but then um, you moved here. And uh, you you moved to Dubai, and I was like, yeah, it would be really cool to to have Lena as also a you know a co-host on 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 the show, you know. So yeah, so I've, I've got a really really good feeling about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting, and I think um, both of us are going to learn a bunch of new things. Um, so yeah, um, very exciting. I'm quite that, looking forward it. to it yeah um, yeah i mean we'll see how much co-hosting i can do here you always find me to be like the silent one uh i usually we'll take see. that position of the observer we'll, we'll see. see we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. so uh, last just one last th- thing um when when we were visiting your place i saw the vadim zealand book on yeah. your coffee table um which is you know that was also an author i was reading a few years back this is a russian i guess philosopher or let's say um so his books are translated to english he perceives himself to be a channeler actually or a channeler okay yeah everything that's written in this book supposedly he was channeling um the energy he doesn't um accredit the content to himself in any way or form okay so what's like what did what's one thing you got out of that book so far that you know was the most interesting thing to you or one of the most interesting things I mean I'm still uh, it's it's a very big book and I'm at a very early stage in the book but I find it to be um, interesting because although it addresses uh, concepts that are that are familiar that we already know of, but the reasoning that he uh, chooses is definitely brand new. Like Mm. for example, when he talks about uh, giving importance to things, like this Mm. is something that we grew up hearing, even in Islam, they tell you, you know, like you always, it's always best to kind of have a neutral uh, kind of emotions towards whatever you want to manifest in your life. You don't want, a lot of excitement and you don't want a lot of you know being negative about it just basically feel neutral about it and the way he explains that like almost dissects it in in, uh, the anatomy of the universe and why the universe Mm -hmm. will always choose neutral Mm. is very beautifully written Mm. okay Um, cool yeah i I remember that chapter but i think i have to reread it but yeah he calls it the excess uh, I mean, the translation in English, I got to say, it's not the best. Uh, but excess he has potential. The, the potential, excess potential. Ex- excess potential. Yeah. yeah. It's all about not giving importance to to something. Because once you give something too much importance, it... Uh, the universe will basically... Yeah. It'll teach you a lesson. Yeah. It'll, it's basically teaching you a lesson to... 
not and because another way to look at it is not to be overly attached to something because you're not supposed to be attached to anything worldly so if you are uh it might slip away from you just so that you can um not just not be attached to yeah but you know like we hear about these notions and these concepts but no one ever explains right the reason behind it and the way he explains this is beautiful you know that this universe does not differentiate between good or bad the only language that it actually speaks is balance so right. when your attention is focused on one place it will do whatever it takes to to bring that balance back so it will most probably not give it to you for that balance to be kind of re-achieved mm. Mm. And so mm. i love the fact that he went uh uh deeper into concepts explaining why these notions are there and what's the reason yeah. behind them and i find it to it is definitely new to me yeah yeah that that is a very i've, I've never heard anyone explain it the the way he does in yeah. the term of that in, in, in sense of balance so yeah it's pretty pretty cool i'll keep reading it and like in 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 if you come across any other insights noted down for for future episodes as well yeah, you know yeah, it's sure. uh sounds great actually like a part of the podcast for any like uh teachings that one come across yeah, yeah uh, i'll do that I'll, i'll do the same it, it, it gives us a um you know a good reason to um let's say not record but when we come across something because i mean we uh, we read all the time myself i'm always i oh, actually i listen more than i read i listen to a lot of audiobooks um but i rarely uh stop and make note of something mm -hmm. and probably this podcast might be a motivation to do that so you know when i he hear something and it's gonna that's interesting i'm gonna pause intentionally next time and i'm gonna say okay this is something i want to remember not just because i want to say on the podcast but it, because it is something useful but you know the podcast would be a reminder for me to, to stop and uh, and make a mental note of of some things yeah, so yeah i think it would uh, give another like a deeper layer of understanding because reading it once or hearing it once is very different than actually discussing it and right 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 kind of bouncing uh, off two people it right, it's right. differently very true very true awesome okay so i guess this is a a good way to, to to end it i mean time flew um so this is you know to to those listening this is the very first episode of a podcast ever that we both do so i hope that it went well um and 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 that's it maybe maybe we'll stick to the every we said we do it every tuesday let's let's try to stick to that and you know we'll see we'll see how it goes sounds like fun all right looking forward to more of our meetings with interesting hosts and uh yeah we'll see how things unfold awesome lena yalla then we'll uh we'll talk soon and to everybody tuning in tuning in hope you enjoyed it and we'll catch you on another episode take care Uh...